The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. Good morning all, this is Ryan Tuberty with you. It's Thursday morning, it's the 5th of the 5th, 2022, 5th of May, lovely, and uh, we're here till 10 o'clock. The text number is 51551, and we love and have received many, many emails in the last 24 hours from you on ryan at rte.ie. So we have so much to get through, and, you know, I'm looking forward to talking to this man later on, who's Stephen McGonagall, who is an Irish guy making watches in Switzerland, and uh, for the, the exquisite craft of it all, um, and we'll talk to him uh, shortly. But uh, Rod Stewart was in town. Um, I'm not sure why necessarily. But was it just to, so that he could uh, go to the grave of Joseph Mary Plunkett? I mean, it is, um, or Grace Gifford, I should say, um, because uh, he was there um, yesterday. And, and on May the 4th, 1916, uh, Joseph Mary Plunkett, of course, married Grace Gifford in... Kilmainham uh, jail just hours before the execution and uh, then of course this marriage inspired Frank and Sean Mara to to write Grace in 1985 which immortalised the way it's one of the most beautiful love, love songs ever written as far as I'm concerned and because it's loaded you know, with history and, and heartbreak and uh, everything else that, that you're familiar with the song for it's a gorgeous song and uh, Rod Stewart released it as um uh, as a, an album track in 2018 we had him on the Late Late Show gave him a book of poetry uh, relating to this story and he, he got quite upset he started to cry and he said I was asking him why are you, why are you so emotional about it I'll never forget it was a really remarkable moment and he just this song got under the man's skin and he just he, he loves the story and that's why he went uh, to uh, to see to, to the grave and then he went to of course the Grave Diggers pub in Glasnevin, which is a fine, fine, fine pub. Um, and that was on um, yesterday just to have a few pints and uh, to pay his respects. So good on him. And uh, that's Rod Stewart. And when he came on the show with us, we introduced him to it. He couldn't believe that Frank and John O'Mara were sitting there in the audience. And it was just another added layer of enjoyment for him and, and indeed for us. So that's Rod Stewart in town. Um, I remember talking to you years ago about uh, J.D. Vance, who was the author of Hillbilly Elegy. And this book he wrote about growing up dirt poor in 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 modern America, very modern America. And he the book became something something of a manual for people around the world, really, to try and find out how did Donald Trump get elected. And it showed that it was it was, it was a book that explained why some people some people communities just felt left behind, um, culturally, socially, and. Uh, J.D. Vance then went on. He 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 worked his way up and he, he went to college and it was great success. And I've been following this with great interest because he he at the time in 2016 he he said look he wrote the book and he said Trump is a disgrace. He didn't like him. That what he didn't say about him was quite 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 shocking. Now Trump is sitting in Mar-a-Lago in his essentially um, shadow White House in terms of what he's doing for Republicans. You need to go and. Uh, be anointed if you want to run. And he, he he will bring candidates into the ballroom and make them come up on stage and, and have a go at each other. He, he's basically playing The Apprentice with candidates for gubernatorial elections, senatorial. It sounds insane. Very entertaining, but insane. 
So J.D. Vance then, having said all these things, turns around a couple of years ago and says, actually, do you know what? I've had a cathartic uh, road to Damascus politically. I love Donald Trump. He's one of the best things that ever happened to America. Probably the best modern American president. Trump's son goes, I like this guy. He's a winner. And Trump then, having uh, jumped around different candidates, alights on J.D. Vance. And it became a lightning rod situation this very week to see would J.D. Vance, author of Hillbilly Elegy, hater of Donald Trump, a never-Trumper who became a lover of Donald Trump in a manner of speaking, could he possibly win, defeat all the other Republican candidates in the primary in Ohio in the last day or two? Um, and as I say, anoraks like me have been following this case to, to see what's going to happen. And Trump endorsed him. It's all about it, it, does the power of a Trump endorsement actually hold, hold much sway? Anyway, bottom line is J.D. Vance won the primary and is now the Republican candidate in Ohio for the Senate in November midterm elections. And it is he's likely to win it as well. It is this all roads lead to a Trump victory in 2024 if if. I mean, look, it's 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 uh, it's far away, uh, and we all know that. But that's a story worth pointing out this morning because um, America is one one hell of a strange place. It's a great place, but it's a strange place. Paul McCartney, did you ever, did you ever hear of him? He was in a popular four-piece quartet. No, I know, I know, I know. Uh, Rowan Smith picking this up in the Irish Daily Star today. So Paul McCartney admitted he has a, a recurring dream in which the audience at his concert deserts him for the bar when he plays lesser-known songs. So this is the classic sing, uh, play Torn, as we always say about Natalie and Brood. I'd like to sing a song from a new album, sing Torn, but I've got a song from a new album, play Torn. So, and you know, like a human league return, you know, they'll say, oh, yeah, we'd like to play, just come on, you're working as a waitress in cocktail bar, that much is true, just sing the song. No, we've got loads of songs, just play the song. So McCartney, who was in the beat, and I've been to see nine of his gigs now, you know this at this stage, it's an obsession, he has a barring order, but the point is that he plays stuff from albums that only people like me buy. And everyone else goes to the bar and I'm standing there going, I know all the words to this song from this album that not that many people bought. And he he's, he said this before, so instead of lighters going up, uh, so he plays say Magical Mystery Tour or something like that, all the phones go up and they're filming and then he plays something from Egypt Station. Exactly. Neither did I. <laughs> and he plays something from Egypt Station. Um, and he notices no lights in the crowd. The phones have gone down and the bar is busy. And he, he gets this. Ang- he now gets. Ang- he, that, that's his leaving cert. That's his leaving cert dream. And he said that there's always the dilemma of what to do. You know what do you what do you take out of the show the lineup knowing that the audience really want to hear the hits, so you've got to balance it very carefully because you're you're taking out something they know very well and putting in something they don't necessarily know and I'm always dreading that's the signal for them to go get a beer and it's a recurring dream of mine I'm playing and people start walking out and I'm trying to think of a song that'll get them and they say quick do long tall Sally and they keep walking and I say let's do yesterday and it's typical performance performers insecurities. And that's if 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 Maca can get performer performer insecurity dreams, uh, then that excuses my occasional uh, dream where I'm looking at, at the toy show audience and there's about three people there, and I'm saying, wait wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm looking to my friends and the crew, so Robbie, Alan, where's everybody? And they're saying they just didn't show up, kid. <laughs> so these things can occur for us all. Uh, that's the truth of it. Except I wasn't in the Beatles. Now, 
I wanted to mention um, this thing looks amazing. Uh, isn't corkbio.e a great old source for, for, for stories and fairness to them? A spectacular rotating sculpture of the earth. This looks beautiful. It's coming to Cove Cathedral after touring in Hong Kong and Australia and Taiwan and the Natural uh, History Museum in London. So uh, people can go and see this artwork for free from the 15th to the 26th of June. And it has to be seen in person to be fully appreciated. So mark that one in for yourself and the children. The sculpture measures seven metres in diameter and it rotates every four minutes. There couldn't be a better venue for it than Cove Cathedral, which is the tallest church in Ireland with one of the highest vaulted ceilings. And it's designed to give this uh, sculpture, it's designed to give onlookers the overview effect, which is the term first coined by Frank White in 1987 to describe the feelings of awe that astronauts experience when they view the Earth from space, as well as a new sense of responsibility for the planet's well-being. I like the sound of that very much. And um, in the event of getting to Cork, which I have every intention of doing quite soon, um, I will go go there, uh, but certainly in in June, because the Earth is in trouble, friends, and um, the world's birds, described as the planet's canaries in the coal mine, mixing our metaphors, are disappearing in large numbers. This is not good news, as the colossal impact of humanity on the Earth grows. Um, there are about eleven thousand species of birds spanning the globe, but the populations of half of them are falling while just 6% are increasing their flight and their song make them easier to study than many animals, meaning that they're best studied large groups. So people know billions of birds are disappearing because of uh, what we are doing uh, on Earth, which is not a happy story. And I know we mightn't have the same love of and respect for insects, but a study has uh, counted the number of insects found on car and truck number plates and it's called, you know, you know, when you're driving along or even on your window, your windscreen or driving, you hear the and, it, and it's actually, you know, what, what's that joke? What's the last thing that goes through a fly's mind when he hits the car window? His arse. And it's true because everything has gone just, well, it's gone pitong, hasn't it, for that fly? It's just, it's over. But they have a kind of limited lifespan anyway. I, I know, no, but there was a little insect crawling across. I was in my garden reading the other day, the tiniest little thing cross, was crossing a page on my book. And I thought, God. What is it thinking? Like, does it have anything going on? Like, is there any, is there any insentient, anything sentient? Anyway, that conversation with me, my brain and the insect ended very quickly as I put my thumb on the book and it was over. I hit him by accident, mushed him into the page. Joe Spain, great book. Must talk about it later on. But there's a, there's a, there's a, a deceased member of the animal kingdom on page about 248. Uh, pure accident. It was uh, insect slaughter as opposed to murder. And it was... An unfortunate moment um, for him. For me, I had a little moment and then I moved on to, to this great book. Anyway, back to this test to count the number of insects found on vehicle number plates shows a terrifying decline of nearly 60% in less than 20 years. So when I was going to Connemara in the holidays, which took about 450 hours to get across Ireland, in the car, six of us with with the with the dad smoking, probably about 800 silk-cut purple into the back of the car with Simon and Garfunkel on the car radio. We were... Uh, making our way across, going, it's not a canal. Wouldn't mind a cra- Captain Quencher just to cool this thing down. We'd have the car windows just splat, 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 which is why you call it the splat. It's called the splat test. The splat test counts the number of insects. Before a journey, car drivers cleaned the number plate and afterwards counted the insects using a splatometer grid. This is not a joke. Um, and they, they submitted a photo and count via the Bugs Matter app. 
I kind of wouldn't mind that app. And uh, this was then converted into splats per mile. This is a very scientific test. And insects pollinate crops, ensuring humanity's survival, but have been hit by habitat loss and pesticide. We're seeing declines in insects, uh, which reflect the enormous threats and loss of wildlife all over the land. And these are happening at an alarming rate. And without concerted action to address them, we face a stark future. That's what's happening. That is what's happening. So we've got to be careful. Um, people and businesses need to drop passwords. This is online passwords. You know the way you coming up with them and say, your security is weak. I'll do another password. Your security is weak. I'll do another password. Every other week going, what did, what's the password for this thing? Oh, for, did I write it? No, I did, they say don't write it down. But then it's not, you need a password for nearly anything. You, if I ever thought I need a password now nearly. And I've run out of... Anyway, they're saying drop them all together. Passwords are becoming, are becoming increasingly insecure and easily hacked. And they're calling on moves to form uh, to other forms of login, such as multi-factor authentication, the MFA, MFA, uh, where users must provide an additional layer of identification to log in or biometrics like face or fingerprint scans to improve the general safety of personal data. I'm up for that. I love face facial data, like where you just go, boom, easy, much easier. Um, yeah, and you, and the computers, you know, Sam, who, who helps us out on the computers around here, and I was, he was looking at me going, are you 200? Like, if you, I have to, I have to kind of teach, he doesn't say this, he's a really polite, good guy, but I'm sure in his head he's going, I have to teach you the basics of having to get into your email. So how are you even, do you have a vote? You know, I mean, how do you, how do you get to work? How do you get a driving license? You helpless fool. He never, he never says anything like that at all. He just helps me and. He came up with this brilliant one where you, it's an authenticator thing, an app, so that if we need to get into email, you're probably looking, looking, yes, that's what we're all using now. I say, well, I find the technology pretty, pretty impressive, I must say. One thing that happened that, that I just didn't have a chance to, um, to, to mention it as much as I would have liked to at the time, because we're caught up in, in St. Patrick's Day lunacy all around the place, but I see a very big um, and thorough uh, obituary to the great Pete St. John, this morning, and it's in the Daily Telegraph of all places. Uh, this uh, Thursday morning, even though Pete passed away on the thirteenth of March, but I was reading it, and I've been I'd, I'd read a few of his uh, obituaries, and I saw so some of the things I didn't realise. And I know I'm coming to this after the event, so forgive me. But uh, the, the 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 fields of Athenry, it says, has been recorded more than three hundred times, translated into fifty different languages. This, this is. This is a piece of poetry that has travelled around the world. And I did not know that it features in five films, including Dead Poet Society, which is a film I love. And I can't even think of the context of it now, but must find out. And I'd like to know the names of the other four films while we're here. But it does. And it's been covered by everyone from punk groups to steel bands. And of course, you can still hear it in Liverpool and Glasgow stadiums. And of course, more recently in Iowa, with Irish rugby and football teams you know, playing fields of, of Athen Rye. And uh, it said that, um, we know, of course, Paddy Riley launched it into the mainstream. It stayed in the Irish charts for 72 weeks, but it was adopted by Celtic after Packy Bonner sang the song at a party. And everyone said, what's that? That's a great song. And they played it. Um, and Pete, who was somebody who didn't necessarily perform himself that much by all accounts, he did, I was convinced, uh, to play, to go on the pitch one at one point um, at Celtic and perform Fields of Athenry unaccompanied before a game at uh, Parkhead Stadium. This, this is, you can kind of make it out here. This is Pete, Pete uh, St. John himself singing. Just a little clip of it here. 
that's Pete St. John singing himself singing the song. And then, you know, looking around, you'll see Russell Crowe, for example, uh, plays. Uh, I didn't realize was, uh, did a version of it too. He he was a. Uh, at this indoor garden party, I think it was uh, some some studio event that he he sang um, his version of it. This is the in. This is Russell introducing the song and explaining why he likes it. I, I haven't heard this, but it looks sounds kind of interesting. So we've been starting with this song, and I know that you consider it to be completely yours. It's a story about loss. It's a story about rebellion. It's a story about suppression. So you can see why he'd be interested in it and why he eventually uh, sang the song himself, Russell Crowe. By a lonely prison wall I heard a young girl calling Michael, they are taking you away For you stole Trevelyan's cord so the young might see the dawn Now a prison ship lies waiting in the bay Lord, the fields of Athenry Where once we watched the small free birds fly. That's Russell Crowe and friends doing his version of it. And of course, the piece goes on to talk about uh, Pete spending 20 years away from Ireland, living at different times in Washington, Alaska, Canada, Central America and the West Indies, and then returning to Dublin in the late 70s with his wife and two sons. And he was shocked to, to discover the changes in the city. And he was appalled by the poor social conditions, the number of buildings torn down to be replaced by blocks of flats and the vast unemployment, which, of course, it gave birth to uh, one of his other great songs, uh, the legendary Rare Old Times, as performed here by, this in the, again, this clip uh, from um, Luke Kelly. The years have made me bitter The gargle dims me brain Kelly and Railroad Times and um, as I say came late to that but I uh, wanted to pay my respects to Pete St. John's family this morning thinking of you all today great people and wishing you well today and Pete St. John may he rest in peace and thanks to him for his wonderful contributions I had the pleasure of meeting him a few times and uh, he was uh, one in a million no doubt about it 51551 is the text number um, there's a new Gerber baby I didn't know what a Gerber baby was but the, everyone else around me this morning seemed to know what it is it's 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 like a Bonnie baby competition winning thing that was for Gerber food in America and they picked the best baby that then goes on to become the face of the food company for a year and they picked a new baby this year and his little seven month old um, Isaac Slish from uh, Oklahoma pictured there as you can see or well as I can see but 
The win is not just an exciting moment for her family, but also marks a victory for disability inclusion because the seven-month-old was born with congenital femoral deficiency and fibular uh, hemimilia, which in her case means she was born without a femur or fibula in her right uh, leg. Uh, and good on them, that's all I'll say. I don't need to get into a big song and dance about that. They did the right thing and I'm glad they did it. Um, the Queen of Spain, sounds like the beginning of a poem in the 1950s. The Queen of Spain, Queen Letizia of Spain, has laughed off a potentially awkward moment when she was confronted with a woman wearing <gasps> the same dress as her at an event. It's actually a beautiful dress, two-tone, black on one side, white on the other. And they both were wearing it very well. Um, and as as they said, it, it, what I quite like about it, it's a white, black and white belted frock from... Mango, which is a Spanish brand, good honor, shopping local and retails for $70. Like, good honor again. Smart, smart, smart. Like their style. And rather than cringing or trying to wrap up the situation quickly, the Queen laughed and embraced the other woman who also saw the funny side of the situation. Class act all round. Uh, maybe the splat test says Bob is wrong uh, due to insects getting smarter. Uh, but it could make a great movie. It, could, it would make a great movie. All the uh, splats, <laughs> the insects that survived the great splat of 2022. I love that. That's a great idea. Carnists, uh, cartoonists of the world united. That's just waiting to happen. Uh, don't forget while in Cove that the carbon-free outdoor Titanic Trail historical guided walking tour takes place uh, every day. Well, I don't think I've done the walking tour, but I've been to the museum and it's wonderful. So thank you for that. And... Um, lots in on the insects. There are so many things going on with insects and all animals in general, says Tina. As a nation, we did, uh, we, need, we need to think more green, reducing our animal product intake and being more aware of biodiversity in general. Uh, we all don't um, need to be have manicured lawns and perfect gardens either. So let everything be, it all has a purpose. Okay, 51551, thank you for that. And uh, we have loads in, so we'll go to those in a moment. Um, but I do want to tell you that tomorrow night on the Late Late Show we have just this great bunch of musicians joining us for a bit of fun uh, Sharon Shannon and Liam O'Wainley and Fiekno Brennan and uh, From the Holidays Flowers and Lucia Evans and Steve Wickham great, another great um, our, um, uh, performer and artist so that'll be uh, good fun Fiekno has been my I suppose pandemic friend he doesn't he has no idea but after the Late Late Show on a Friday night when I go home and I'm having a beer quietly in the kitchen I turn on Fiekno uh, just to kind of wind down and he is do you ever have a person on the radio that becomes your friend even though he doesn't even know it and he's the guy for me and uh, he plays this great selection of music and his voice is very calming it's all very I'm going to play now a song now from Lisa Halligan I think you might like it and a little request from somewhere in Guatemala listening in this morning and this evening. and it's great and he's just I, I can't wait to see him to say thank you because I've loved his company over the last few years. Do you know what's interested to me tomorrow night later? I've never met her before. Kay Burley from Sky News. I feel like I've known her all my life. Another one. And straight after the elections, the huge implications for the British uh, local elections tonight. Whatever about the North, of course. Massive implications for all Ireland. Uh, all Ireland. And uh, across the UK, big time. So she's, uh, that's perfectly timed. So with the hottest flowers in mind, and this is one of my favourites, you see? When I first met you, darling, everything seemed so fine.
It's uh, Hot as Flowers, Love Don't Work This Way, Love, that great album, of course. Dead Poets Society did feature uh, The Fields of Athenry. It, it was a bagpipes scene. Um, and as has been pointed out, um, Dead Poets Society is set in the 1950s. And the song was written in the 1970s. Oh, we, we, let's, not, let's not let pedantry get in the way of a good story, God damn it. I mentioned Joe Spain, by the way. I want to mention her again because she got this book out. I just finished it last night called The Perfect Lie. And strangely, it's based in Finland. So it's got a kind of noir feel to it. Um, it is really, really good. And I just want to recommend it highly. If you're looking for quality Irish crime writing, albeit set in Finland, uh, go for Joe Spain, The Perfect Lie. It may be out next week. I need to double check um, what day it's out and available in the bookshop. But if you like your Liz Nugent's and Alex Barclays and things like that, you're going to love this uh, because it is just on the money. And I love recommending a good Irish book and it's a great thriller. So that's one. Go for it. It's actually out on the 12th of May. So next week, put it on your list. Order it now in your local bookshop and have it ready for you as a little gift in a bag for next week when you go, yes, I'll dine on this now. Um, if you want to go further back to Iceland, give another bang on and on. Um, let me tell you that uh, Ragnar Jonasson, my favourite of the Icelandic authors, has a book called outside uh, sorry Joe Spain's book is called The Last to Disappear have I got that wrong sorry you're, you're quite right The Perfect Lie is a totally different one okay so just ask for her latest one The Last to Disappear that's what it's called sorry that's the one based in Finland thank you for that uh, brilliant uh, highly highly recommended and Ragnar Jonasson's Outside is also great again snowy cold uh, they're in a hut somebody has to leave the hut but why uh, full, full banger I get the Christie off that so that comes with another uh, glowing recommendation too okay a little after 9.30 let's talk um, an athlone man making watches in Switzerland after this The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 a text uh, says, my grandfather was a watchmaker in Bray and the back room of his shop was like something from a beautiful old ballet. Clocks and mechanical timepieces everywhere. He was Polish and I remember his watch cleaning equipment was made from old Russian submarine parts that he brought over after World War II, which he and his brothers had fought. And what a great story. Um, why didn't you have the patience to wait a minute or two for that insect to walk off the page of the book you were reading? What's a minute or two? In the grand scale of things, nothing I would think. No, Helen, you didn't hear me correctly. I said it was insect slaughter. It wasn't murder. I put my thumb on the book by accident and, and hit it. I wasn't trying to... No, I would have... Hey, listen, you want to see me with spiders around the house? I, I, I will not crush a spider. I will always make it my business to release them. I am the Francis of Assisi of the arachnoid world, I promise you. So, I'm with you. Don't worry. Um, on the subject of the hot ice flowers, I know... Um, Somebody said, what a great tune. I'm, I'm right there listening to that this morning. Fela, at the trip to the tip with warm beer and potato and sandwiches. But uh, we were reminded, of course, that Leo Barnes, who played that sax solo, on, he played the sax solo on Don't Go, of course, uh, with the Hot Ice Flowers. And uh, he passed away quite recently and uh, just wanted to mention him this morning. Kind of a difficult old life, in fairness. He, he had uh, spent some time in different um, institutions as, as a kid, industrial schools in Artane and... Um, Kilkenny and Letterfrack and um, quite reclusive in the end but uh, just reading a, an obituary that um, that that Barry Egan wrote he said that um, somebody a friend of Leo Barnes remembered that at uh, one stage he, Leo had to register on social welfare in the late 2000s and never, he'd never been on the dole and went in to sign uh, in Tower Street to sign on they said to him do you have any other income and he said 
uh, I get royalty checks. And they said, are you part of the royal family? <laughs> Here you are. Anyway, may he rest in peace and thoughts for his, with his family today. He made a great contribution to pop culture. There's no doubt about that. All right, quick break. We mentioned uh, fulfilling lost dreams and I got a lovely email to say uh, I hit 60 last September and it was always my dream to own and ride a Harley Davidson motorbike despite never having ridden a motorbike of any kind. I just felt a desire to sit astride one of these glorious machines. So with 60 approaching, I went about researching the right model. I took lessons. I passed the relevant tests. I am now the proud owner of a Harley Davidson motorbike. Good on you. The passion and thrill I feel when I take out my... Harley-Davidson Sport Glide is a joyful thing. I also must mention the wife, who backed me all the way, even putting up with the beard, which is compulsory face decoration with the Harley. Uh, have a great day, and I know I will. With kind regards from Lance Grossman, heart-thumping 60-year-old, and I love that attitude of just do it. Good on you. And belated happy birthday to you. Uh, somebody recommending a book by Dava Sobel on the history of developing a timepiece to secure longitude in travel. How about that? Thank you, Terry. And the Huguenot getting more than mentioned fleeing persecution gave watchmaking to us. History repeats, says Bob, I feel the Ukrainians will give us great talents. And that's a nice way in which to end our programme this morning. Claire Byrne standing by. Stay tuned for her. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. The Ryan Tuberty Show. Listen back on the RTE radio player.